We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're looking at offensive team trends on Roto-Viz Radio. Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, one of the owners here at Rotoviz. This is going to be a quicker episode, a little bit different than some, in that it's just going to be me. Curtis and I are going to be meeting with some of the other team members in about an hour to do a rookie ranking summit as we prepare to release volume one of the rookie guide which I cannot recommend enough that you go out and purchase to help build a good foundation as you move into the 2022 dynasty season. As a result of that coming up, Curtis is doing some things to get everything ready for that. I wanted to make sure that we still had something that we could release on Tuesday morning. And one of the things I was going to be looking at this week is team offensive trends just really looking at if there are any developments in 2021 that show league-wide shifts in certain directions so i'm not really looking at specific teams but i guess just like team-wide offense the average offense what did it look like in 2021 did it function differently than it did in previous seasons and we are actually going to kind of work our way through this information Together, we're going to do it live, so let's just get into it. All right, I am looking now at, uh, we're going to start off with passing data, and I am looking at essentially the league average for a given team um, in each of these years, Uh, and the years that we're going to look at are 2021, 2020, 2019, 2018, and 2017. And we're going to see if there are any major differences. And I think what we're going to find is uh, that we'll start by looking at attempts. 2017 average was 34.2, 34.5 in 2018, 34.9, 35.2, 34.4. So no real major changes there. Completion percentage went from 62% up to 65, 63.5, 65, 64.8. Pretty similar 
Uh, yards in 2017 were 224, 237 in 2018, 235, 240 down to 228. So that's actually kind of interesting. I mean, I know it's not a major, the change isn't super material in terms of actual yardage going down, but we do see that number coming down to the lowest that it's been since 2017. And actually, uh, 2017 at 224, you have to go all the way back to 2008 for a year that came in lower than that. Uh, I can tell you as I'm looking through these numbers, there is a pretty interesting line of demarcation around 2008 where we start to see a jump in in some of the other things that we'll look at. Now, touchdowns um, were at 1.4 in 2017, 1.7 in 2018, 1.6 in 2019, um, 1.7 in 2020, 1.5 this past season. So those are pretty far in line. Again, you go back to that like 2008 number and you start to see more 1.3, 1.4 for average team touchdowns per game. Uh, Interceptions pretty much flat from 2017 on at 0.8. So teams throwing a little less than a full interception per game. Now, yards per attempt, um, no major differences there. Uh, we were at 7.1 this year. Uh, 2017 was at 7, 7.4 in 2018, 7.2, and then 7.2 in both 19 and 20. Adjusted yards per attempt, uh, lower than they were in 18 through 20, uh, but a little bit higher than they were at 2017 with 6.9 adjusted yards per attempt. An interesting thing is that yards per catch uh, this year were lower than they were in 2017. Uh, just 11 yards per catch this year at 11.3 in 2017. Okay, so then the next question I would ask myself here is, does it seem like there's any actionable takeaway from this? Any differences in trends? And at first glance from looking through this and reading off these numbers, I am not really seeing anything that stands out to me as potential signal that we're seeing some shifts in the way that teams are passing yardage was down a little bit uh in line with that yards per completion were down a little bit but teams are roughly throwing the same number of passes per game roughly completing the same amount and more or less putting up similar yardage per game with touchdowns pretty in line with what we've seen uh so I think what we can do now is pop over and do a little bit of a look at team rushing and see if there's any differences there. One possibility or one thing that will be interesting to see is if rushing yards go up with passing yards going down. Now, that's not necessarily going to be the case, but we will take a look at that here. All right. So in 2017, Teams averaged 26.9 rushes per game. Uh, 2018, it was 25. Jeez, what am I doing here? 25.9. Sorry about that. 26.1 in 2019. 26.9 in 2020, then 26.6 this past season. So pretty much in line. Um, Now, I had talked when we were in the passing section about kind of a change that we saw around 2008. Uh, Between 2013... In 2007, teams were 
in the 27 range. Prior to that, they were in the 28 range between uh, 03 and 06. So the numbers have been going down. Um, we saw them reach their lowest point in 2018 at 25.9, but we're kind of creeping back up with 26.6 this year now the average rushing yards per game um those have been on an increase since 2015 um in 2017 they were at 110 then 114.5 112 118 and 115 this year uh a curious thing is though despite kind of well i guess you know it's only one more carry per game you don't really see that much of a change in the total yardage that teams are putting up between 2009 and 2003, we were really always kind of like between 110 and 117, probably averaging around 113. And then the last couple of seasons, when you put it all together, that's around where things are. Uh, in terms of touchdowns, rushing touchdowns have actually been up when you look at 2016 on compared to what they were in years prior. Um, between 2015 down to around... Um, yeah, pretty much all the way down there. Cause we actually had the average offense putting up 0.9 touchdowns per game in 2021. It was actually at a full touchdown in 2020, um, 0.9 in 19, 0.9 in 18, 0.7 in 2017. It actually was also 0.9 in 2016. So that's kind of an interesting thing there. Yards per attempt holding pretty steady. Um, so I would say that from this quick little analysis here, aren't there weren't any radical changes um, in the way that the average offense was operating this year. Now, the numbers that we looked at do include that full uh, regular season with the extra game to get us to 17. Um, now, that one extra game probably wouldn't make a material difference in the numbers. So you wouldn't expect to see it per se. Um, but that's not really what I was looking for. Uh, so we don't have anything groundbreaking here in my first glance. I just thought it might be interesting to work our way through kind of contextualizing anything that really stood out as different. Um, but to close things off here, let's just look at, the average offense combined. So totaling rushing and receiving. So the average touches uh, this season were at 48.9. Things were actually at 49.9, a full touch more last year. Um, so defenses not being as adept at getting offenses off the field. Perhaps, um, you know, some of that could relate to scoring and actually have to tease that out. Um, but this 48 is pretty much in line with what we've seen. It's a little bit high compared to 2017. In 2018, yards per touch um, around 7.3, which really has been around the average since about 2008. Yards from scrimmage this year, um, down from last year, they were at 359.4. They were at 373.8 in the season before. Uh, and again, the lowest total that we've seen since 2017 when things were at 34.9. And rushing and receiving touchdowns this year, at 2.5, uh, down 0.2 from 2.7 in 2020, but right in line with what we've seen from uh, 2018 on. 2017 was the lowest total uh, that we had seen since 2011 at 2.2. 2. 
Um, so as far as league wide trends go for the average team, no major differences. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Now, another thing that I like to benchmark and make sure that I have in the back of my mind is... Like, uh, what did the RB12 do in a given season compared to the five years or the RB24, different things like that. So let's go back to 2017 and look at the RB12 and the RB24. So at running back, as I said, we're going to look at the RB12 and then the RB24. So in 2017, uh, in average or in PPR per game, the RB12 put up 15 points per game. It was actually David Johnson on just one game, uh, but Chris Thompson was at 11, had 15.54 on 10 games. Carlos Hyde was at 14.74 in 16 games. So let's not really focus on that too much, but it was 15 in 2017 under PPR, 15.7 in uh, 2018. That was Marlon Mack. Um, we were at around 16 in 2019. That was Wes Hills, who was between Wes Hills, only one game between uh, Nick Chubb, 16.3 in 16 games. And then Chris Carson, 16 in 15 games. So that's actually interesting. That was a jump of a point there for the RB 12. You enter 2020 miles Gaskin at 16.8 points was the RB 12. And then this year, 
we have the RB12 being Nick Chubb at 16.18. So the last season, uh, the last three seasons, we have seen that jump for the RB12 up from 15 points into the 16 range, which is kind of interesting um, with the peak being that 16.8 in 2020. Things come down a little bit this year, uh, but that's actually pretty interesting. And let, let's see how that translates now to the RB24. You would expect them to be elevated as well. It was actually Jarek McKinnon in 2017 with 11.38. 2018, it was Lamar Miller at 12.47. Then Damian Williams in 2019 at a full 13 points. That's a substantial increase from what you saw on our first their year, uh, first year there, 2017. Um, Ronald Jones in 2020 was at 13.59. And then we have this year uh Chris Carson at 12.5. So we have seen from looking at those numbers. The RB24 getting a little bit of a boost uh, versus what they would have had back in 2011, but it looks like we've come down to that 2018 number. I do think that from what I'm seeing here, quickly looking through things, it does make me want to do a little bit deeper of a dive and see um, just how much more valuable the RB13 to 24 might be in the current landscape versus that section of time from around 2014, 2015, 2016, where receivers were really just going crazy. Um, and it looked like there was going to be this substantial shift where people also argued that, you know, eventually things would correct. We'd come back to running backs like we had seen before on uh, some of the heydays of many players, fantasy football leagues back when you had guys like Ladanian Tomlinson, Priest Holmes, just going insane. Um, so this might deserve a little bit more exploration, but I think again, in looking at the running back numbers, you're not seeing anything that is a super radical shift. Um, I do think though it is, it is significant probably from a math standpoint in a number of thresholds that you might set for significance. Um, but I, I think that this is something that I'm going to try to write an article on and come back and revisit. But a pretty impressive jump when you consider where things were um, when you hit that 2019 and 2020 season versus uh, some of the other years that you might look at prior. So for wide receiver, we'll look at the wide receiver 24 as well as the wide receiver 36 again starting in 2017 let's look at wide receiver uh, 24 again uh you had michael crabtree at 12.3 in 2017 albert wilson at 13.9 in 2018 john brown at 14.67 in 2019 then we have antonio brown in 2020 at 14.64 and in 2021, we have Tyler Lockett at 14.3. So we have seen, interestingly here, a bit of a jump for the wide receiver 24 across the last number of seasons. Um, so I'm curious what we see with a wide receiver 36, because there had been a worry for some time that the really solid wide receivers, there were going to be fewer of them because of the emergence of lower level guys getting more points a counterpoint to that was that that um 
you might see the guys at the top having left points, but it wasn't necessarily going to be concentrated into better options in the like wide receiver 30 to wide receiver 40 range. So let's take a look. 2017, you had Pierre Garçon as wide receiver 36 with 11.3 PPR, followed by Larry Fitzgerald at 11.6 PPR in 2018. In 2019, you had Jamison Crowder at uh, 12.3 In 2020, you had Kenny Galladay at 13. And then this year, a name that might be a surprise to people, Corey Davis at 11.9. So wide receiver 24 scoring up a little bit. Uh, Wide receiver 36 actually staying fairly flat, which is interesting. So the piece here to consider is what this means in the context of the wide receiver one to like the wide receiver 24 and how you deal with these, these first two groups of receivers. Uh, maybe to take this a step further though, because I'm curious here, let's look at the wide receiver 12 in 2017. You had AJ green at 14.4 2018 Julian Edelman at 17.3 2019 Tyree kill at 15.7 2020, you had Tyler Lockett at 16.6. And then this year you had T Higgins at 15.7. So a little bit of a jump in those numbers around the years. Um, so I think it, it's hard to say that there's necessarily like a, a some type of trend that would hold that you might use to predict things going forward. Um, so the larger takeaways for me here are that I don't see anything in this quick analysis that makes me think that there were any major changes in the fantasy landscape this year that should radically alter approaches to next season on some type of macro level. Now, perhaps if you're looking at the types of players that inhabit the top of rankings or the type of players that we can expect to have a lot of volume at the top of positions next year or the way that ADP falls, there might be implications of that that would play into drafting strategies in 2022. But just on the way that the game was played or the way that the stats fell out uh, in terms of average team scoring and um positional finishes, I'm not seeing anything that should radically shift things. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't something out there. Um, if you've seen something different or you know another layer deeper that we could add to this that you think is interesting, shoot that over to Curtis and I, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about what that might mean and some thoughts that we would have on it. Uh, but I guess that the actionable piece from this is that 2022, we shouldn't expect to be that different from 2021, which wasn't radically different from 2020, which wasn't radically different for a while back. Um, you know, so so be careful with any knee-jerk reactions that you might have. Anyway, we will be back later in the week, maybe give an idea of some of the things that came out of that ranking summit. And uh, like we talked about before, we're going to start looking at some of these rookies through a historical lens. All right, see you later. Thank you for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978 615 9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.